can't just be eating cheese and grapes. Why? We've got a show to do, Diane. Don't I you can, know? I can sh- do it without... I don't know. <laughs> I can't have you gnawing on things when they were supposed to be, you know, all lovely and... I am all lovely. Uh, yes, you are all lovely. <laughs> uh, but you make me jealous for cheese. <laughs> Why haven't I a piece of cheese? There should be a lovely piece of cheese sitting here, right next to my spot. There should be, but there isn't. Instead, it's 9.01 a.m. Saturday, December the 2nd, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. Would you like a lovely piece of cheese? No, no, no. I can go no, no, carve you off of her. No, 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 no. Ah, well, it's uh, it's the hair and the, the things with the parts and the stripes and the colors and the things are a little, but still, you know, it's as it should be. Things are... I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. Slightly, uh, slightly akimbo. Ah, ham and eggs. Slightly akimbo. <laughs> it's been a akimbo week here in Lake Abundance. Over to you. Really? Yeah, no cheese. You can't stick a hunk of cheese in your face now. Just for the listeners, uh, it's this lovely Kerrygold yes. Reserve cheddar. Oh, I know. She has cheese and grapes for breakfast. Red grapes. Red grapes. Kerrygold Reserve cheddar cheese. A real sharp. Nice cheese. And sometimes she has a piece of toast. Although I've been foregoing the toast You've recently. been foregoing the toast? Yeah, just, you know, trying to keep the caloric intake a little ah, down. Ah, I see. I yes, see. it's true, it's uh, true. Well, what, what can be done? What can be done? I do think that a piece of sharp cheddar cheese with grapes is the most incredible breakfast. It really is. It's got some protein. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just li- just have a little ounce of cheese and. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little, just a little ounce. The sharp cheddar the sharp, and the sweet, sweet grape. It's just the, lovely. Lovely. Lovely well, bit of... this has been an interesting week. Has it been? Um, it has. Okay. And there's lots of different little things throughout the week. Mm. For example, we had a conversation with Eric Landerholm. Landerholm, your yes. your wonderful cousin and his wife Nora. Yeah. They are currently down in Arizona. He had left a lovely uh, Thanksgiving message for us, uh, and I thought, wow. What a great guy. So I just FaceTimed him. I just did it. And there he was. Well, and especially, uh, you know, the times that we've gotten together, he always has such wisdom. And He's then, a smart guy. then we got to meet Nora a little while ago when we had a whole conversation with your, uh, with the whole Anne and Robert and Eric and Nora and you and me, and that was lots of fun. That was so, great. So that happened this week, and... Um, and I, I'm just kind of thinking chronologically because that's the way I do. Um, because that was on Sunday, yeah. but 
another thing that has happened for me over the weekend is I discovered this um, a couple of weeks ago. I discovered this uh, YouTube. What do they call it when they do just like a just ser- a YouTube show, YouTube yeah, series, YouTube series yeah. called Cinema Therapy, right. which I have really, really enjoyed, and um, and I became a Patreon of that um, of the two guys who produced this, and it's basically just a a therapist. He's a licensed therapist, and a and a independent filmmaker. I'm sure he's not well known or anything. Uh, just talking about movies that they like and the therapist reacts to it like a therapist would uh, about what that what the characters are going through and what their relationships are like and and it uh, inspired us because I watched um, I watched and then had you watch with me um, one of these cinema therapies about Lord of the Rings, uh, and it was about Frodo, and talked about the honor of Frodo, and that it was one of the first ones that I watched by these two. I had seen a couple more before this, and I was really stirred by it because uh, part of what the therapist thought was true of Frodo is that he had radical acceptance, and he showed this this scene where Gandalf is telling Frodo, you've got this um, thing that has to be (laughs) out of the Shire, you know. Um, And how at first Frodo says, uh, we'll hide it. And then Gandalf saying, no, no, you can't hide it because it's already been disclosed that it's here. And then Frodo says, well, here, you take it. And and then finally, when Gandalf explains to him that he cannot take him, he closes his hand around the ring and says, what must I do? And at that point, the therapist said that that radical acceptance of just, and I actually looked up the, what, what they define radical acceptance as. Uh, and it's, it means to practice a conscious effort to acknowledge and honor difficult situations and emotions, fully accepting things as they are instead of ignoring, avoiding, or wishing the situation was different can be a critical step in moving through a difficult experience and to experience more meaning. And I, I uh, was very moved by it because he even said in his discussion about this, it could be a cancer diagnosis that you've received. And so then I was watching that whole uh, YouTube video with a different slant about how it, uh, how it was true of my experience. So um, I told you, I really want to watch the Lord of the Rings again. And so we watched the whole extended director's cut of the Lord of the Rings again last week, uh, but we didn't really mention it. And it's kind of stayed with me and it's stayed with you because you've been listening to the audiobook while you're carting me to all my various doctor's appointments. Um, 
And there have been various doctor's appointments this have week. There? Have there? There have been various. Okay. Bill has been just his usual Whatever. stunning yeah, yeah, yeah. hero self through this whole thing. Um, and um, <laughs> the reason why I even wanted to mention this thing about the radical acceptance and all that is because, man, this week was another trying week because um, <laughs> as the... Uh, linear accelerator, whatever the machine is called. I think that that's what it's. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the machine that gives me the radiation treatments it had broken down at Northwest Hospital. That's why we were down at Fred Hutch, and then I'm on the table this week, and the thing starts beeping and going beep beep beep, <laughs> and there was just a a whole to do about that, but they finally got it working. But I was on the table with all these beep beep beeps, and because they kept thinking that they were going to be able to fix it right away, but it took them about I don't know half an hour, and they eventually released me from the from the position, position and the. Yeah. But, uh, and I was thinking how much better it is if you just kind of go with the flow, which is what radical acceptance is. You know, whatever is happening, you just kind of go with it because there's nothing you can do and it's just happening. Just go with it. But um, anyway, uh, but I've also reached the halfway mark in the treatments I'm beyond it now so that was quite a a stunning revelation I was very happy about that plus we have uh, discovered that uh, some major reconstruction is called for in our home speaking of radical acceptance yes we have we have uh, been waiting patiently for it to be our turn to (laughs) to receive some uh, some structural attention, and uh, sure enough, uh, they've discovered some problems that are going to entail tearing out three walls and replacing some floor joists and, you know, little things like that that are going to need to happen to our place and and uh, to the tune of about $80,000. Um, Which we are a part of a condo association yes. so we're not going to be putting well, that hopefully if the condo board accepts the uh, the uh, proposal uh, uh, yeah the condo board will, will all pay for it like we've all paid for everybody else's uh, improvements this has happened in several of the units oh because, more than several it's be, because happened of, most of them because of the poor construction uh, initial construction of this place no insulation, uh, no vapor barriers, uh, you know, uh, bathroom vents that vent into the wall <laughs> instead of outside, and things like that. Uh, there's definitely some things that need to be altered. So we have begun that process, which will probably be going on for the next year or so, um, if we're lucky. And, uh, but we will end up with two new bathrooms. So yeah. that began this week, and so we've got, I think we should hang that picture back up. Yeah, we can. Yeah, because cause it makes the, it, 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 it disturbs the flow of, the my, shing. Of, the, of my view here from my, my throne. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> so, 
you know. So that was an exciting event. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's radical acceptance. Radical acceptance. So we just kind of say, okay, well, we're, we already got this going on and this going on and this going on. Let's just. Uh, we will everything. see this as the year of disruption. Yes. Or the period of it, just because we're crossing into a new year. That's true. But, you know, a lot of people are going through this. Uh, you know, a lot of people who even live in homes, they they Ooh. have major things. Major I remember thing. my mom's house when, um, when we were preparing it to sell. There was a whole black mold thing going on in yeah. one of her bathrooms. We discovered that there had been a leak that had been going on for some time and she didn't see it didn't know it yeah. um so yeah even in the best built homes because theirs was um they have their issues right. when they get old and our house is old so anyway but the other thing that was really wonderful that happened this week for me or very um heartwarming was that i received a an email from the artist that uh whose image is the the prime image in my collage about the cancer journey. This image of a shadowy figure of a woman against these, actually a beautiful fiery glow around her. And um, I had purchased this painting from a woman on Etsy. A G clay print, right? It's a G clay print. Right. And uh, because I, if I am going to do a collage, if I can buy a painting from the artist, I'm going to buy a painting from the artist because I want to acknowledge that that is, you know, what they are due for contributing to my collage. And this woman immediately was having this very warm conversation with me back in August when I first purchased this. And when I first purchased the the, the uh, G. Clay print, it was before I even knew whether I was going to have to go through chemotherapy. It was a, a uh, collage that I was making with the thought that I was going to be going into chemotherapy to but kind of... Making it for someone who had through well she had given me the assignment yeah. and so um, I really appreciated that this artist immediately was engaging me because she just wanted to know what I thought of the painting and and everything she wrote back was personal it was not just some kind of canned speech so I had told her that I, at that time, it was right around the time that your mom died. And so, I mean, it was right before then. And I said that I was going to tell her why her painting was so important to me. But I had not done it because then your mom died. And I told her at the time, I'm sorry, but I won't be able to let you know because just let me tell you that it has something to do with I have cancer this is part of my journey and my mother-in-law just died so I can't go into it right now so she actually after all this time she wrote to me um, and basically said uh, that she was hoping that things had settled down in our lives that she couldn't even imagine what was going on and and uh, and so now that I am in the radiation treatment I thought oh this is a perfect time to write the story about why I created this collage and the assignment that 
Jackie gave me to do a collage about a woman forged by fire in the underworld. And I think most of the people who listen to the show listen to the show. But do you think I should tell the story again? No. No, I don't either. No. I think that I can just read the... Because I really just thought this was an amazing uh, message that she sent me in in response to the story. Thank you so much for sharing your deeply moving and inspirational journey with me. I am truly honored that my portrayal of the Morrigan, that was the name of the, the painting, it's a mythological figure, has found such a significant place in your life and your healing process. It is incredibly touching to hear about how you have intertwined my artwork into your personal narrative of resilience and transformation. Your journey, akin to the powerful and transformative story of Anana, resonates with strength and the profound process of rebirth that life challenges often bring. The way you have used art, including my painting, as a medium for your spiritual and emotional healing is both beautiful and awe-inspiring. The burnishing collage, created with such deep personal meaning and shared in a sacred space with representations of the maiden, mother, and crone, is a testament to your strength and wisdom. It is indeed a poignant reminder of how art transcends its physical form to become a part of our personal stories. Please know I am deeply moved by your gesture of incorporating the Morrigan into something so personal and powerful. Your story adds an extraordinary layer of meaning to my work, and I'm grateful that art could play a role in your journey. Witnessing how my work has melded with your life's narrative is a unique experience, and I'm thankful for this. Your message and your story are inspiring, and they reinforce my passion for creating art that resonates with the stories that shape our lives. Thank you for your gratitude, but more so, thank you for reminding me of the profound impact art can have and sharing with me your healing journey. Wishing you continued strength and healing. Nice. I just, I wanted to share that message because um, it is a reminder of how powerfully intertwined art is to our personal stories, but also how all of our personal stories are in this web. So whenever anybody does any... uh, any kind of creation, you know, the uh, this woman paints this amazing painting that inspires me, whether it's just to inspire me to put it on my wall or to take this, uh, this image and incorporate it into a collage that helps with my healing process, it's still the same power. This just had a, a bit of a storyline to it. Uh, because in, in my point of view, it's almost like a collage is almost like looking at various images through a keyhole. And if you go through and open the door into that image entirely, then you can experience that whole image. So, but it's really been a, a powerful thought to me about how an artist can not even know 
what their art is doing in someone's life. And when we were talking about my writing this story, you were saying, well, what if she doesn't like the fact that you've used it for collage? And I said, well, I'm going to tell her I'm not using this uh, for any, that this is personal, not public. I do share some of my collages publicly, but I have not shared this one. I'm um, partially because it's not my story. Um, it's uh, it's me representing a story that somebody told me. And partially just because I did uh, feel that this was very targeted to a certain group. So I've shared it with people who... Um, who are, are going through the same situation as I have been. And because I feel like they will understand what I'm trying to represent. Anyway, I just thought it was so wonderful to hear this woman talk about what it means to her to create this art, that she is specifically trying to represent stories from mythology to for people to take what they will from those mythological figures and that I was able to share with her what her representation meant to me and I I feel like that is so important with with people who do art so when a person is a musician or a dancer or an actor they actually get if they're lucky, they get applause from the audience that is basically saying, we really love what you're doing and it's moving us. And they can hear the reaction from the audience. But for those in the visual arts, that's not going to be as true. And um, I learned that when I was working with Chris on this, uh, Chris Len on this publication called The Festival's Directory, we would uh, have a huge calendar of all the festivals in the Northwest that uh, were going on. It was a thick booklet because there are a lot of festivals. But we also always did an article about some of the artists who were at the the various crafts and art fairs. And man, that was a fascinating journey for me because I had done a lot of uh, stories about, or I had written a lot of stories about the musicians when I was in Victory Music, but I got to interview people who were doing paintings, who were doing amazing collage art, like, you know, tearing off little pieces of paper and creating an entirely different painting with the the swatches, so to speak. I got to interview a person who made these incredible dolls. I interviewed a metal sculpture guy. You know, I I was doing all these metal sculpture guy. Well, I don't know. He was an artist, yeah. you know, but sculpture that did in the metal and um, and I learned so much from all these different uh, artists about their craft and uh, but. The other thing I learned is that they had never had an article written about them, and it was quite an honor for them to have that experience. So that's part of the reason why I thought I'm just going to write to the artist, even if 
even if she gets mad, what's she going to do? Sue me for using her thing as collage. But for her to write such a thoughtful and elegant response was very meaningful for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it just reminded me of the interconnected web we're all in. Right. Which I always love to be reminded of. Yeah. In the... Uh, yeah, I, I, I went to a new uh, open mic on Monday. It's a group called Easy Speak uh, Seattle. And uh, it's a group that has been around for like 20 years. And uh, I never knew about it, but a couple of people that I met at the Cooth Buzzard Open Mic told me about it. And it happens twice a month. And so I went to that, and it was a grand experience. Uh, I did feel like I was the new kid, but, you know, it was very welcoming and very nice. And I must have been 30 people there, and 23 people got up to to read and you know at all different levels of of uh, what you would call uh, poetic uh, competency and uh, it was just great and so I got another place to go to to read poetry instead of play music and uh, it's a strange kind of thing to have happening at this point in my life but it's like I can't play music anymore so you know, I've kind of I'm kind of trying to grow a new network of friends and uh, and radical acceptance. Well, well yeah, a part of that is you know, continuing with what I've got left. And, yeah, uh, but yeah. it is it's radical acceptance to do that. Yeah, I guess to not just bemoan the fact that you can't right, right. perform anymore in that way. Yeah, to realize that there's another way you can perform, but yeah. And you've always, in my mind, uh, oh, when I was, I love the music that you write too, but I always thought it was the words of yeah. your songs that were the powerful element. So so that's that's another good thing that has happened. And I talk to my friend Alan all the time and talk to my friend Tim all the time. And I don't know, it's just, I feel, uh, I feel kind of good feel like there's still possibilities out there that I'm not just slowly sinking into the West kind of thing. Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee. Although I am doing that as well. <laughs> well we may. But you boy. Maybe we can slow it down a little bit. It's good coffee. With, uh, if I can keep some sort of art going, you know. So that's a good thing that's happened to me this week. And there's more to discover along those lines. I was given a, a little notification of a new website that I could go to to find out all kinds of events going on in the area around literary arts. And so it's... Uh, it's like a new world in yeah, a way. Yeah, I'm trying to... That I'm, you're exploring. Because right. you knew all the places, well, maybe not all the places, but you knew a number of places that you could perform your music. Yeah, but. I knew most of the music open mics and went to the ones that I thought were the good ones but I mean there were a lot of them out there that uh, that I didn't go to but I picked a few that I liked and you know so I'd like to do the same thing with uh, with poetry so anyway that's good too another thing that uh, just happened recently a couple of these are just like totally <coughs> off the wall things tidbits 
Yes, this a couple a couple of little tidbits uh, at the end of the show here. Yeah. Um, one being that for some reason there was some song you were humming. Bill hums a song quite frequently. And a lot of times I don't know what song it is. And for some reason, like yesterday. And it irritates the crap out of you. And you say, stop. <laughs> well, you say, bye, Menon. <laughs> there was a song you were singing. Uh, what was the song that you were singing that I thought was Bonanza? Oh, <laughs> theme song? I was singing. Uh, 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 or humming, I should say. It was a Talking Heads song. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> but it sounded like the Bonanza theme song for me. <laughs> anyway, he was having something like that. That, that often... When I'm hearing it, maybe I'm only hearing some notes or something. Yeah. And I thought he was singing this uh, this bizarre song that we used to sing in camp in for our church camps, I think it was. Um, that was... Uh, it starts off, One is one and all alone and never more shall be so. And I thought that that was what you were humming but it wasn't i don't know what you were humming then but it reminded me of this very bizarre song we used to sing and i was singing it to to you and uh, did you even know it before you'd never heard it but it starts off uh with that one is one and all alone and never more so shall be so and then it says uh, i'll sing you one whole Green grow the rushes, oh, what is your one? Oh, one is one and all alone and evermore shall be so. I'll sing you two, oh, green grow the rushes, oh, what is your two? Oh, two, two, the lily white boys clothed all in green, oh, one is one and all alone and evermore shall be so. I'll sing you three, oh, green grow the rushes, oh, what is your green? Oh, Three, three, the rivals. Two, two, the lily white boys clothed all in green. Oh, one is one and all alone and never more shall be so. Anyway, as I was singing it, I was saying, what the heck was that song about? I, I was really curious about this song. The Lily White Boys? Yeah, because the, I was thinking, the rivals who, and... who are the Lily White Boys clothed all in green? You know, oh. I I was thinking it's got to be, uh, it's got to be something that is not from Christian or, origina- origins. origins. Yeah. So I looked it up when we got home because I just had to. I thought, what the heck was that about? Uh, And I looked it up in the Wikipedia. And they were basically saying that it has all these titles. It's also known as the Twelve Prophets, the Carol of the Twelve Numbers, the Teaching Song, the Dilly Song, or the Ten Commandments. And it was an English folk song sometimes sung as a Christmas carol, it often takes the form of an antiphon where one voice calls and is answered by a chorus. So uh, it was so interesting to read about the origins because it said 
The lyrics of the song are, in many places, exceedingly obscure and present an unusual mixture of Christian catechesis, catechesis, like, you know. Catechism. Catechism, right. Catechesis. Yeah, it must be catechesis. Astronomical, astronomical monomics. Mnemonics. Mnemonics. And what may be pagan cosmology. The musicologist Cecil Sharp, influential in the folklore revival in England, noted in his 1916 100 English folk songs that the words are so corrupt, indeed, that some, in some cases we can do little more than guess at their original meaning. So it had all these theories about what the different stanzas meant and uh because they have for example i'm just gonna read some of the bizarre songs so they it was three three the rivals four for the gospel makers five for the symbols at your door six for the six proud walkers seven for the seven stars in the sky eight for the april rainers nine for the nine bright shiners 10 for the Ten Commandments, 11 for the 11 who went to heaven, and 12 for the 12 apostles. So, you know, some of those are pretty evident, but one was um, nine for the nine bright shiners. They say the nine might be an astronomical reference. The sun, the moon, and the five planets known before 1781 yields to seven, and this may be added to the sphere of the fixed stars. And, and you know, so they're they're trying to figure out yeah. what all these things are. And I, but that was I just wanted to mention it because if anybody else had heard of that song, it's so interesting that when you're a kid, you're just singing the you know, because it's just like fun. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> it's almost like um, partridge in a pear tree type right. of stuff, right. a counting song. But what the heck? There are all these. Um, geese and five rings and but I was thinking who are the rivals and who are the lily white boys clothed all in green you know it's just fascinating uh, how these songs get mixed up with the folk process the folk process isn't it I think that that's so fascinating it's wild it's wild oh and the other thing I wanted to mention as my little tidbit was that just this morning, uh, Bridget had posted uh, a quote on my Facebook page because uh, she knows of my interest in in aging. Both for myself and, and just about the whole process in general. And she shares it. So she said... Um, she was telling me that this woman's fiction, Sharon McCrum, is uh, quite an amazing author. And she said, I thought you might enjoy this quote since we often talk about aging. And the quote was, it seemed to her that growing old was in itself another country. Sooner or later, cemeteries weren't full of strangers, mostly older than you were. With every passing year, they began filling up with your friends and kinfolk. The grave gathered in not only the people you knew, but people who knew you, people who remembered 
when you were a dark-haired, laughing girl with a head full of notions and red, red ribbons in her dancing slippers. There were fewer of them every year. And I just responded, um, it's so true. I remember Donald Hall's essay that described it as more foreign than another country. He depicted it as another planet. And this is the quote that I looked up. However alert we are, antiquity remains an unknown, unanticipated galaxy. It is alien, and old people are a separate form of life. They can be pleasant, they can be annoying, but most important, they are permanently other. When we turn 80, we understand that we are extraterrestrial. <laughs> and I remember him even uh, yeah, talking about the, the various things that made them extraterrestrial, you know, having hair growing out of their ears <laughs> and, you know, various uh, protuberances on their face and stuff like that. <laughs> I just really appreciated just having that thought this morning and uh, wanted to share it, too, even though it has no, nothing to do with anything. Tidbits, uh, tidbits, 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 giblets, giblets to be thrown into the gravy of life. Yes. And the music for today is uh, from another, uh, it's another song from the Elfin Love Tribe. <laughs> I love this. I love that. The it's love. We had played one of their songs a while back. Uh, it's from the Songs uh, of Good Cheer. And we had played the Song of Good Cheer. And uh, we also really loved this one when we were first listening to the album. It's called Into the Forest. And I chose it because there really were no words to describe this week that would make any sense to anybody. And... Um, and but i actually think into the forest is a really good set of words for what this week was about <laughs> uh going into the the forest of everything and you know all the i'm kind of in the middle of the the radiation treatments I'm waiting to hear back from a CT scan to make sure that these little nodules they saw in my lungs were not cancerous. Uh, they wouldn't be able to tell before. So, you know, I'm kind of biting my nails over that. And um, and just the we're stuff waiting, about the house. We're waiting to find out about the house and when, yeah. when further destruction is going to be happening and reconstruction will be happening. And... But this into the forest makes me feel like this is radical acceptance. Is just you know, okay, here, here we go, here we go, here let's we go. do 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 you know. <laughs> Yippee skippy and down the bunny trail. But as long as I get to go on this little trip with you, hand in hand, into uh, the forest, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm okay too. <laughs> 